Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Badlands Daily. This is all connected, guys. It really is. It's, it's, it's undeniable. Which is a rigged system with these elite people. There is no need to complicate something that doesn't need to be complicated. The divide is, is meant to keep us divided and fighting each other. But they control the actors, and I really think they have potential. They like making their pet monkeys dance. It's just a creation that exists in the minds of people who are still addicted to the central narrative. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Badlands Daily. I am uh, joined today by my lovely co-host filling in for the one and only Patrick Gunnels. We've got Ash Epp once again. Ash, how you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, did the brief this morning and uh, I'm, I'm no Patrick Gunnels. I, I've had some some pretty devastating verbal flubs. At one point, I was trying to tell everybody what the shows were tonight. And instead of saying sit rep and rug pull, I said sit pull. <laughs> So wait, rug pull and sit rep. So you sit pull. Okay, I got sit it. Pull. I got it. As opposed to rug rep, rug rep. It's kind of like yeah. I don't know. It's like uh, some rut row. Sounds like a front. Yeah. Anyways, guys, welcome to the show today. Uh, yeah, we do have sit rep tonight. It's Thursday already. Holy cow! I completely and totally forgot about that until yeah, this just week now. went by fast. It's yeah. Rapid. Oh yeah, tomorrow's show is going to be lit though. Tomorrow's why we vote. It's going to be lit. You want to tease that or? Yeah, well, I did on the brief. So we've got, we're having kind of a, a happy hour why we vote roundtable discussion. We've got Sean, Colonel Sean Smith. We have uh, Clay Preak is, I don't know if I told you Clay is uh, confirmed as well. We have Amber Connor coming on and uh, we're going to be talking about the CISA report, stuff in Georgia. Um, I have a... Uh, a very, a very fun new um, election-related story here in Colorado. New information. Uh, our, our election is going on right now for the primary. We've all been given our ballots, and there's some interesting malfeasance happening there. Hopefully, by tomorrow night, I'll have enough um, enough information to be able to report on it. I'll definitely be reporting on it. I just don't know if I'll have it by tomorrow night, but it's uh, it's going to be a good why we vote. Everybody should should tune in. All right. Well, uh, let's get this show started. But before we do that, let's go ahead and jump into our first sponsor. And ladies and gentlemen, it's become increasingly clear that the amount of heavy metals, microplastics and other toxins that we are exposed to has only increased. And that's why we want to highlight the importance of pine needles for our health. We've been talking about Ascent Nutrition for several months and we want to spotlight their pine needle extract due to the important compounds in it and the effects that so many people are having. As you can see with the testimonies, many people have been using our pine needle extract for months and feel more energy, they've got greater mental focus, and some people haven't been sick for over a year while using it. 
The taste is incredible. And instead of needing to make a tea out of the pine needles, you can get this benefit from the potent extracted form. I've got the Ascent Nutrition stuff here. I'll show you guys when the reads over, when the uh, the video's over. But prioritize your health. Head over to BadlandsMedia.tv/ascent. Use promo code Badlands to save ten percent off their pine needle extract and all the other products from Ascent Nutrition. That's BadlandsMedia.tv/ascent and use promo code Badlands at checkout. And yeah, I've got the pine needle extract right here. I use this stuff each and every morning. I leave it right here in front of me. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll put a couple drops in my coffee or just take it straight. This, the flavor is really good. It's got like a, a unique sweetness to it. So, uh, oh, you're muted. Sorry, I was going to ask about that because I haven't tried the pine needle extract, but Patrick talks about it being very sweet. It is. It's, it's, it's like a very unique sweetness. Uh, the first time I tried it, I was like, that's kind of weird. And now I love it. Like, I, I yeah. think it's actually really good. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to get, you know, stuff that's good for you that actually has good flavor like i don't know man i wonder if you could use it to like sweeten foods and stuff like that you know like you use honey i use benson honey to sweeten stuff all mm -hmm. the time so i wonder if you could use too. pine needle extract although it'd be probably be pretty expensive because uh you know to put massive amounts in in baking or something like that at least just add a, add a little bit i don't know a little touch a little touch of sweetness yeah there you go there you go. All right, guys, before we get rocking in the show today, please, if you can hit that thumbs up down there, uh, a little over 2,500 already watching. And uh, there we go. CanCon, can you put it in your joints? Uh, sure. Like your elbow and your knee. I know what you meant. Just rub there. it I'm, in. I'm going to keep it a little, I'm going to keep it PG-13 for, uh, for the benefit. All right. So um, guys, as we're going live here, there is this story going around here that AT&T is uh, having reported cellular service disruptions in the United States. I saw a couple people in the chat talking about it earlier while I was prepping the show. Uh, jump down here from the New York Times. It says the company said, meaning AT&T, said that there were also wireless outages in San Diego, Richmond, Miami. Uh, I forgot I couldn't highlight up here because of archive. But it, it's preliminary outages are in, uh, or the primary outages, I should say, they're reporting as Atlanta, Los Angeles, and Dallas. Uh, we did say, like I just said, San Diego, Richmond, Miami are also having maintenance activity that they're claiming. Verizon and T-Mobile are having smaller numbers, uh, much smaller numbers, 3,500 and 1,500 respectively. But I, I jumped online. I was looking around Twitter. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Gunsgear here has a has a footage, has a map with uh, a heat map with all the outages. And uh, that's more than just those places that I just yeah. mentioned. Just a little bit more. Uh, yeah, in the brief chat this morning, that was the one of the first things that I saw when I jumped into the chat was people were talking about their phone service being out um, in our in our chat. Mine still works, as far as I can tell. I have T-Mobile, but then ever you know there was other people talking about switching to Patriot Mobile and getting out from under these horrible uh, providers, which is always a good a good a good consideration. I'm thinking about it. My aunt switched to uh, Patriot Mobile and she's very happy with it. So. Yeah, well, uh, you got this. We we got this tweet here with you know the little graphs down below. I'm not sure if you guys can see the graphs, but all of these um, uh, providers have been affected. You can see uh, FirstNet down here at the bottom left, which is what our um, emergency services run on, actually had a spike, but it looks to have normalized a little bit here. So, uh, I mean, who knows what's going on? I I, I haven't Has seen anybody mentioned ten days of darkness yet. <laughs> you know that that's going to be running rampant every every time there's any sort of blip in any any digital infrastructure that's we, we start hearing those uh 
those talks. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I haven't seen any reported uh, reasoning other than quote unquote maintenance activity. But I mean, that's what they always say. Human glitch, technical error. No, human error, technical glitch. I got it backwards. I've said it so many times I can't remember which way is which. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into uh, our first story for today. And we're going to talk a little bit more about COVID. I know we've been talking a lot about it the last couple of days because of that uh, report that Vigilant Fox shared on Twitter. Well, we've got another story here uh, from the Gateway Pundit. How convenient UK develops a new method to count excess deaths following shocking numbers post-COVID vaccine. And this is going to reference uh, an Edward Dowd podcast he did with Jimmy Dore uh, earlier this month, or excuse me, I think it was late last month. And he's got the numbers right here. It says UK has a problem. Excess deaths are up a staggering 22% among one to 14 year olds. Oh, that age look, range. That's a horrible age range. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the numbers right here by year, it says in 2020, they had 9% fewer deaths than they expected. Wait a second. 2020 was right in the middle of the pandemic. It should have been a lot higher, shouldn't have it? Nope. It was fewer. 2021, 7% fewer. And then 2022, you have 16% more deaths than expected. And 2023, you have 22% more deaths than expected. So now you scroll down here, and we'll, we'll get through that video there in a second. And, and uh, Julie Stanborough, who is the health, ana health Analysis and Pandemic Insight at the ONS in, in the UK, uh, she said, and I'm going to summarize, the current approach comparison uh, used by ONS and the devolved administrations provides a comparison between the number of deaths registered in the current year. Okay, so this is how they formulate the number. The number of deaths in the current year, and then they compare it with the average number of uh, excess deaths over a five-year period. Uh, they call it a recent five-year period, and that's that recent is going to be relevant here. It says, for example, excess mortality in 2019 is estimated from data covering 2014 and 20 through 2018. So they take 2014 to 2018, they average that number, and then they compare it with what they're seeing in 2019, and that's how they determine excess deaths for that particular year. Now, what's really interesting? Good, good. The in that list of of percentages that you had up before, where it said fewer than expected and more than expected. How is the at, the expected deaths calculated? Is that in here? Like, how do they determine what to expect? Because and what I'm wondering is, did they adjust those expectation numbers during the pandemic? Well, so so here's this is where it gets interesting because 2020 obviously is before the pandemic, so right. uh, the expected number is still defined as the previous five years. 2020 so, was the pandemic, though. That was when right. we were locked down most profoundly. Right. And if you actually right. listen to the Dodd podcast, he actually says the reason that the one to 14 year olds was so low is because a, 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 a good chunk of childhood deaths is caused by accidents. And okay. since, you know, like, uh, you know, slip and falls and doing dumb stuff, hey, y'all watch this kind of stuff. And um, obviously they weren't doing it as much because people were locked down. They were, you know, under parent parental supervision more. Uh, they weren't out doing things. So that actually kind yeah. of makes sense. Also, COVID didn't really impact children. but Right, right, as well. So it goes on to say here, it says 2020 was excluded from subsequent calculations to avoid distortion. So you could look at the numbers that I just talked about and see 2022 and 2023 when it surged, you could say, oh, well, it, of course it's going to surge. It's just kind of normalizing. It's getting back to the 2020 
and tw- uh, excuse me, the 2019 numbers, because with that drop in 2020, because there's no accidents or not as many accidental deaths, uh, it's starting to normalize. But the thing is, it says due to extremely high number of death registrations, particularly during the first wave of COVID-19, the 2020 data was excluded from those calculations to avoid distortion. So it's not when you see the 2022, when you scroll back up here. So that's and you the see recent 20, five year period is we're just going to kick out the, the the years that we don't like. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it. that's essentially what they're saying. And, and, and for overall mortality, excess mortality, that's not a good thing. But yeah. for the childhood thing, you would think that even then the childhood deaths. OK, so look, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to explain this like really easily. In 2022, the, the the years that they should use would be 2021 all the way back to 2018 or 2017, 2017. But they didn't do that. They took 2020. And I also believe it doesn't say this, but I believe they took out 2021 as well. Um, and so those numbers aren't factored in. So when you see 9% fewer and then 16% more, you would think that it's kind of normalizing, but it's not because they didn't use those numbers. And so there is a major uh, something, a marker is going on here in 2022 and 2023. I, I think we all know what it is, but you know, and, and so it, it, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say that you, you took change. the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that it was climate change. It was climate change and, um, uh, uh, parents not yielding to their transgender children. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was uh, climate change and parental rights. That is what led to the excess death. <laughs> it was the damn, it was the damn Catholics. They, it, it's always their fault. I don't know why that popped up. We're, we're going to talk about uh, the Catholic non oh, I'm uh, listening to Operation Gladio audiobook right now. Have you um, read that or heard about no. Operation Gladio? I know it what is. Operation Gladio is, but. Okay. Um, it's there's, I mean, abs and I talk about this stuff on Sunday every week and this book is still mind blowing to me that, you know, going back to the very beginning of the CIA Mm. and, uh, just, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for folks, but it's a good, uh, good read slash listen. Gordon and I talked about it on Monday, uh, on daily because we were talking about like, uh, coups, you know, in, in Ukraine and, and Italy and Greece. And, and, uh, there was, um, there was, uh, general Wesley Clark, the former NATO Supreme, Supreme NATO allied commander. I mean, straight out of star Wars, the empire, man, like Supreme should never be used. Like it just sounds like too hierarchical, hierarchical, except at Taco Bell, Except the Taco Bell. Yeah, Taco Supreme, that's the only way to go. You got to have the sour cream. So if there's good. no sour you cream on your taco, supreme. you got to have it. And the tomatoes, okay. the tomatoes come in the supreme as well. The tomatoes, eh. They're, I mean, I'm not crazy about them. It doesn't matter one way or the other. So anyways, getting back to this story, getting back to this story. So I tried to find UK's excess death, like historic figures to try and compare them. And it's really difficult to find. Shocker, right? Because everything wants to just focus on 2020 to now. They don't want you to know what the excess death rates were prior to all of this. So I I do want to play just like about 20 seconds of the video we played on Monday, I believe. Uh, So check this out. This this is not the UK, but I would assume that it kind of correlates if all these other places are correlating. These are the deaths that happened in Malaysia 
It's a country in Southeast Asia. Scientists wanted to study what happened to the overall death rate during the pandemic. The deaths clearly increased, but look, this is where the pandemic was declared, and this is when the vaccine program rolled out. Same thing happened in nine other countries. Here's Australia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand. After studying over a dozen countries. Okay, so there you can see. I'm sure the UK numbers are very similar. I've seen articles. It does seem that the UK article you just read aligns to the findings of that study. I mean, exactly. we're, I'm not, we're not looking at it at a very detailed data level, but certainly the top line message is. It does say, um, and I, let me jump in here to Vigilant News' tweet here. It says, uh, furthermore, figures from the Office for National T Statistics show about 10% more deaths than expected since April of this year. So this trend is not, it's not ending. It's not ending. But, you know, we're just conspiracy theorists with our tin tinfoil hats in the tinfoil room that that I'm in right now. Can you drop that video link in the chat? Ramon two 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 is asking for that video. I know uh, I posted it Monday. You posted it Monday. Yeah. We all shared it around, but I tweet a lot, so I'm not going to make yeah, me too. scroll back to Monday. <laughs> There you go, folks, right there in the chat. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this story from Epic Times. Now, this is another uh, story. So the, U the United States, we have a vaccine compensation program. And this is, this is why we're seeing a trend in, in this country where people, pharmaceutical companies are going to start to get away from uh, prescription medication and instead focus on vaccination um, because they have infinitely less liability with with uh, vaccination than they do with medications and you're going to see this trend moving in that direction because why not right for there's two 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 aspects or two facets to it one they, they don't have the liability that they do in medication but more importantly vaccinations can target everybody okay with a medication you only take the medication if you're sick right you don't you don't take a z-pack every every monday uh, so you don't get the flu for the rest of the week. You only take it when you're sick. Vaccinations, they can market that to every single uh, individual and, and fear monger them into taking, you know, whatever it may be and no liability. So this is from Epic Health. It says U.S. Vaccine Injury Compensation Program has a 10-year backlog of claims. That's not the my biggest takeaway from this story, but let's let's dig into this a little bit. Let me zoom in so y'all, if you like to read along. I know it's it's hard to read along with Rumble on TV. But on the phone, it's fine. Like on, it's weird on TV. The, the, uh, the font looks like AI generated. It just made up little squiggly marks. But anyways, it says as of January first, there were twelve thousand eight hundred and fifty-four claims filed for injuries caused by COVID nineteen countermeasures with the government's countermeasures injury compensation program or CICP. Just take out this the I, and we've got the cause of all these problems, including ninety six hundred related to injuries caused by COVID-19 of the 12,854 claims, only 2,214 have been processed and only 40 of those have been found eligible for compensation. 40 people in the United States that have vaccine adverse injuries have been compensated by this program. 40 
out yeah, of three. And that's mutants. only 40 injuries, right? I mean, it's 40 right. people. Certainly the people are being injured, but that is um, definitely not indicative of the actual injury rates. And this goes back to informed consent, in my view. Are you, you know, when, when parents are shoved the vaccine schedule the moment their babies are born, and then, you know, every year after that, more and more and more, there are many, many instances of, of injuries associated well, with those vaccines. Now, these are these 40 claims are just the mRNA vaccines. Is that right? Or are they? Yeah, all? this is just this okay. is COVID countermeasures. So it, it. it's not just vaccines. It could be remdesivir. It could be, uh, you know, monoclonal antibodies. Oh wow! Anything. Okay. Yes. What so about depriving say, people of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? Is that in there? Yeah, right. It goes on to say with only thirty-five employees processing claims at a rate of two point seven cases per month per employee per month, it will take ten years. To process the remaining claims it says only 11 people have received compensation for their injuries out of the 40 covid claims so out of the 40 claims only 11 of those people have received compensation That's the so average funny. award is thirty seven hundred dollars thirty seven hundred dollars whereas the average payout for the national vaccine injury compensation program or the vicp that handles injuries caused by routine vaccines is almost half a million dollars four hundred ninety thousand so if you take if you took the unapproved mRNA experimental jab that was forced upon you, 11 people have been compensated for an average compensation of 3,700. But if you took the FDA approved vaccine that's been around for quite some time and you were injured from those, you get almost half a million dollars average. Now, let's jump down here because it, it, this gets worse, man. The CICP was established by the 2005 Public Readiness and Emergency Prepare, uh, Preparedness Act, or the PREP Act, to compensate individuals who, quote, sustain a covered serious physical injury or death as a direct result of the administration or use of a covered countermeasure, including a vaccine, medication, device, or other item used to diagnose, prevent, mitigate, or treat a pandemic or an epidemic, and provides immunity for manufacturers for the harms caused by their products. Again, this is what I was going back to in the beginning. Vaccines are a far better bet for pharmaceutical companies because they're immune. They have no liability. Imagine selling a product and never having to worry about being sued over your product because the government that is forcing people to take it or telling people they have to take it, they absorb all the, the liability, which means we absorb all the liability. Because last time I checked, we fund the government through taxes. There you go. People injured by a vaccine covered by the PREP Act can only seek compensation through the CICP. So in other words, if you were hurt by this Moderna thing, you can't go the VICP route. You can only go through the CICP. The VICP, the normal one, covers injury, uh, covers injury claims related to 16 common vaccines, and it's funded by a 75-cent excise tax per vaccine dose paid for by the pharmaceutical companies. The VICP to date has awarded more than $5 billion in injuries in 20 years, $5 Wait, billion. That can't be true because I was told that uh, anti-vaxxers are crazy and vaccines don't injure anyone. No. Well, let's, I mean, do the math real quick. What's 5 billion divided by 500,000? You chop off five zeros, uh, 5 billion, 5, 
100,000. I don't know. We could probably do the math. It's Somebody it's in the chat, do the math. I'm definitely not doing the math. It's yeah, what's 5 favorite. billion divided by 500,000? But reading on, it says, of the 13,046 claims filed since the program's ex ex inception, this means the CICP, in 2010. Let me read that again, because I don't know if people caught that. Remember the first thing I told you, 12,854 yep. injuries. The total time the program's been in existence, the CICP, the PREP Act, 13,406. In, so that's inclusive of? Is that in, that's inclusive of the 12,000? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that includes it. Yeah. That means that prior to. So the 12,000 is COVID vaccines. 12,854 is COVID. Is COVID vaccines. Not just vaccines, and but countermeasures as well. We got to be 13, fair. 13,406 is all? Is total. So that means prior to COVID, the CICP program had about 600 claims in, in 20 years or 10 years, excuse me, 10 years. Well, then where'd the $5 billion go? No, no, that's the VICP. That's different. Oh, that's different, different, different program. That's, Got it. That's okay. Different. So like uh, that was Sammy the squirrel says that would be a million dollars each. Somebody else said 10,000. This is why a, mil a million claims. I'm not looking for the monetary value that the, the, oh, a thousand dollars. He put three zeros instead of two after the decimal point. So it's a thousand dollars each. But then Deep Blue Room says ten thousand dollars each. Ten thousand people, guys, not dollars, people. Ten thousand claims. If it's five billion, five billion dollars handed out and the average oh, is five hundred thousand, how many, how many people, right? How many claims were there? So it would be ten thousand claims. Okay. Okay, let's get back into this. Okay, so 0.3% of claims have been compensated out of that 13,406. 0.3%. What, what are we funding this for? It's, it's a crapshoot. People who go through the CICP do not have the protections afforded by the U.S. legal system and only have one year from the time of their injury to file a claim. One year, even if they don't recognize they've been injured until after the one-year period. So if you get myocarditis from the vaccine in a, a year and one day, you're on your own. You're on your own. No $3,700 for you, which is won't even cover the ambulance ride to the hospital, by the way. Well, and then you have to consider that everybody who felt like they were having adverse reactions to this vaccine were gaslit and right. told that there was nothing wrong with them. And there, it was hard for people to even find care when yeah, they were having an adverse reaction. Hang in there for a second, because we're going to get to that. Okay. Uh, there is no court, judge, or right to discovery under the CICP. So you have no protection. You're, it's your word against theirs, basically. The CICP only pays reimbur unreimbursed medical expenses, a portion of lost employment income, and a death benefit. In essence, it is a payer of last resort covering only what remains unpaid or unpayable by other third parties, such as other government benefits, worker compensation, or private insurance. Under the CICP, there are no damages for pain and suffering or attorney's fees. And that's that's what I've got from this. So like you said, Ash, this is the CICP is, is a little known uh, kind of, you know, extenuation of the PREP Act. You're not going to get a lawyer to recover $3,700. You don't right. get the lawyer fees. So if you hire a lawyer, you're, you're out of your pocket. And that's why the number is so small because, you know, you look at these numbers and we've got over a million uh, vaccine and VAERS alone, a million vaccine injuries, 37,000 deaths. You know, we have sterile uh, men and, 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 uh, and, and women walking around. We have miscarriages out the wazoo. Like we have all these problems that stacked up as a result of this vaccine. 
and nobody can do anything about it because the compensation is $3,700. Meanwhile, Pfizer was making what, like $119 per shot or something like that, making something ridiculous off of taxpayer funded uh, vaccine. I mean, this is, this is really, really shocking. Like I, the whole time this was going on, I thought the VICP was covering this. I didn't know about this CICP thing. I thought it was the part of the vaccine injury protection compensation plan and that people would be like adequately compensated if they had these problems and we find out it's nothing. They're getting stiffed. Yeah. Well, this is when, when you covered the, the Canadian excess mortality report on Monday, I think that was Monday, right? Um, where it said 17 million excess deaths and 160,000 excess deaths in the U.S. You remember that report that I'm talking about? No, I don't think I covered that report. It's the yeah. I'm, it's I didn't cover that report. I looked at it. I didn't. I didn't cover it. Though. Oh, okay. Um, the the fact that there's no recourse for this really does cry out for a Nuremberg type. Um, tribunal is that a tribunal i don't i don't even know this is so wrong it is so wrong what has happened and and again the people were were coer hard coerced into taking this vaccine you were offered donuts and weed and discounts on any yeah beer um all all sorts you know experiences they really wanted everybody to take these vaccines and um, if you didn't, you were demonized, right? Uh, told that you were going to be ostracized from society, told that you were killing grandma and putting everybody's health at risk because you weren't taking this vaccine. Then came the sticks. We had mandates. We had firings. We had uh, you know, people losing their uh, military benefits and, and being discharged from the military as a result of this. And all along, us conspiracy theorists are saying, hey, there's no long-term testing on this thing. They're rushing it out. Maybe we shouldn't jump right in, right? Maybe we should actually follow the scientific process for determining such things. No, you're killing grandma. You're done. And then somebody was hurt. Um, and I remember this cause we've talked about this before where I don't know a woman and I know a lot of women. I don't know a woman who didn't have some sort of impact to her menstrual cycle as a result of being around people that were vaccinated and women that I know that got vaccinated had radical issues with their cycles. Oh, totally gaslit, right? Mm -hmm. That's not happening. It's probably just seasonal. It's this, it's probably climate change that's changing your periods, not the spike proteins that are coming after everybody in, in, in society. Gaslit hard, then come to find out you can get to the end of that process go through all of the the to try and recoup something right for for the for the harm and the damage and everything that they've done to you and you might get thirty seven hundred dollars yep 11 less than they're giving new migrants 11 people have gotten thirty seven hundred dollars which means that the total is about three hundred and forty thousand three hundred and eighty thousand dollars they've been given out i'm almost certain almost certain that dr fauci got more than that excuse me no not 370, 80,000, 38,000, 38, 37 times 11 is, is about 38,000, 3870, I think, or something like that. Fauci got more than that in royalties for subleasing the MRNA, uh, stuff that, you know, they, they had patents on the NIAID. 
they made more than this. A lot of the scientists there made more than this in royalties, like in significantly more than this. Man, this is this is like what what they did to us, man. I you know I we had a uh, gateway pundit rehashed uh, an interview I did about a year ago, maybe maybe not a year ago, but uh, I went to Alabama. And uh, I got to interview uh, Richard Hirschman, who was the embalmer that was in the Died Suddenly documentary. And he brought the fibrous clots that, you know, he brought them in a vial of formaldehyde or whatever. And and I got to see him firsthand. And, you know, we talked, I mean, I did the interview, which is up on Gateway Pundit, and as well as my Rumble, if you guys want to check it out. But uh, we did the interview and um, he was, I mean, he was telling me he never saw these white fibrous clots until after 2020 and now he's at the point where he's seeing it in almost half of the bodies that he embalms half it went from never seen it before to half something is jacked up here yeah and if you if you raise it you'll be gaslit and told that it, it doesn't exist thirty eight thousand dollars is what um anthony fauci made just from his base government paycheck not counting royalties not counting benefits not counting bonuses for genocide none of none of those things that we all know he got uh he makes thirty eight thousand dollars in 28 days i was gonna say that's a month because he makes over four hundred and fifty thousand. he's the highest paid uh government official including higher than the president all, uh, of all the government officials he was the highest paid and yep. we're seeing now why he uh why well, he's obviously not in government anymore uh, or not in that role anymore because he is responsible for genocide. Yep. Uh, speaking of the gas lit, the gas light from the, uh, the, the mainstream media during this whole thing from the Washington free beacon, some of the news outlets warning about disinformation are taking millions to print Chinese propaganda. Now we knew this in 2019 and 2020, there was a big expose on this and it's continued on. Okay, so 2019, 2020, we found out about this. Uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, a few other publications said, we're not going to take, we're not taking any money from China. We're not going to take any money from China. But a lot of them continued on. It says a number of major U.S. newspapers and magazines kept at it, accepting hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party in exchange for publishing content by China Daily, a state-owned English language paper. China Daily's Foreign Agents Registration Act filings show that between October 2020 and October 2020, Three, the CCP mouthpiece paid outlets such as the Time, the Los Angeles Times, the Boston Globe, and the Chicago Tribune a total of $8.2 million. The same outlets that were taking China Daily's money were among those warning most vociferously about the dangers of misinformation. Here's some examples. Seattle Times on December 15th said Washington election officials need rapid data to match misinformation age. Corporations are juicy targets for foreign disinformation, says foreign policy on December 5th. Poll, California voters agree political disinformation is a big problem, but how to fix it from the LA Times in August. How data literacy can keep America safe. Disinformation is a midterm elections threat that could keep millions of voters at home from the USA Today. It goes on and on and on. It says since late 2020 time has given China Daily an entire landing page on its website full of this type of content the time branded page features a banner that reads quote china watch all you need to know about china and the dynamics of sino-us relations wow they, they they have no shame i guess when the pharmaceutical money dries up which it's doing now because the vaccines are gone no more pfizer commercials well now they're they're on to cancer now 
uh, until the next pandemic disease acts, and then they'll be on that COVID X shot. Uh, when that money dries up, you got to find it somewhere, right? And the CCP, there's the best place I go. Yeah, I push back that the um, money is driving, drying up for pharmaceutical companies. Uh, the, the COVID vaccine money might be, but the other um, treatments and uh, associated, uh, you know, drugs and all of that with COVID plus, they've just created a whole, you know, whole new classes of patients that are going to need, it's like trans ideology, right? You've got a brand new set of patients for life. You've got turbo cancers now that they're talking about. You've got all these, um, these new problems that the pharmaceutical companies just created that they're going to now be brought in to fix. So that's uh, ridiculous. The other thing I wanted to mention while you were talking about the, um, the vaccines more broadly and how they're moving away from drugs and more towards vaccines, because you can push that on everybody as, as preventative measures, how do you think that that uh, connects to the aerosolized and contagious vaccines that they've also been talking about? How about the mosquito vaccines? I mean, that was something that we talked about. Bill Bill Gates has been working on that since as far back as 2008. You know, I went down this rabbit hole when we had the measles uh, uh, outbreaks, uh, you know, seven or eight months ago, which by the way, there's another measles outbreak here in Florida. We had like six students yeah. down here in Florida that popped for measles. Um, and, and just, just to be clear, when I said that about the, the vax, uh, the pharmaceuticals and the advertising, I meant that they only have the pharmaceutical money. Nobody else is advertising with them because there's no bang for their buck anymore. And the pharmaceutical uh, that, th th and thank you for correcting that the pharmaceuticals are the only things holding up these mainstream outlets because they need that propaganda in order to continue, you know, to kind of gaslight the people into believing that these things are safe and effective and everything else. Um, and that's a great point you brought up about the COVID because you, you saw, or excuse me, about the cancer. Because um, uh, Pfizer came up with a drug recently. It was, it was FDA approved recently for uh, cardiomy cardiomyopathy, you know, for, for heart inflammation. So they literally said, oh shit, our vaccine is causing uh, myocarditis and pericarditis and inflammation of the heart. We better come up with something to fix that. And now they're making money off of that. Now, the same yeah. thing, when you think about it, the turbo cancers and everything that's coming as a result of these vaccines, um, the Super Bowl commercial that Pfizer ran was a cancer commercial. Yeah. You know, they played, they ruined one of the greatest queen songs of all time. Don't stop me now. One of the greatest queen songs of all time. And they ruined it by that's putting in that song. commercial. What's that? It is a good song. Oh, I love that song. I was so excited when I'm sitting there watching the Super Bowl and I heard that song come on. And I was like, oh. And then I saw his Pfizer and I was like, yeah, killed it. Yeah. Oh, they, they, you know, create the disease is a side effect. And then all of a sudden you've got new treatments for the side effects. I, I was on that treadmill um, with big pharma for a long time, taking medications for certain things. And then the side effects create the need for other medications. And all of a sudden you're taking, you know, nine, 10 pills. And do you really need them? For some people, yes, right? I'm not saying that there's no need for some pharmaceutical um, drugs, but for do we need entire generations of children on SSRI medications or, you know, amphetamines because they can't sit still in a classroom? This has all been done to bolster pharma's bottom line. And you will never hear it on the news because pharma is the number one advertiser to all of the news. It is, it's, it's an absolute scam. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
Freddie Mercury died of AIDS, allegedly, not not cancer. I saw somebody said that. Um, This this here is a a 17 year old. This was a story on Gateway yesterday. A 17 year old high school student dies at hospital after collapsing during a fishing tournament weigh in. Just standing around, 17 year old kid, perfectly healthy, you know, out there fishing, comes back and just collapses dead. I mean, it's 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 a it's a pandemic in and of itself, right there. But yeah. All right, let's uh, go ahead and jump into our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. I know that was kind of a gloomy uh, start to the show, but let's jump into Gold Co. Are you concerned about the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election? The Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue, the looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts while the Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive $6 trillion gap. But fear not. There's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything that you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver, but hurry, supplies are limited. Don't leave your financial future to chance and act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at badlandsgold.com and take control of your financial destiny. And I'm pretty sure like, if you look historically, gold and silver have outperformed inflation by quite a bit, I believe. Like you ever, you ever seen that thing like in 1970, if you put like a thousand dollars of gold aside mm-hmm. right now, it's worth like $4 million or yeah. something like that. Oh man, that's, that's crazy. You, you, you want to know something that just this popped in off the top of my head since the inception of iPhone, if you took the money that you would have spent on a brand new iPhone each year, every year from the inception till now and invested it in Apple stock, you would have spent like a, you know, few thousand dollars. It would be worth over half a million dollars right now. So every, think about that every time you look at your iPhone and you've got, you know, we've got friends in the chat. I'm not going to mention names that still use flip phones. And uh, I hope they did that, but I don't think they did. So everybody buy DWAC and Rumble. That's what you're saying. Hey, I can't say that I'm invested in DWAC. So I can't say I can't say one way or the other to invest in that. All right. From the New York Post, this feels like a rerun. And I don't even know why I'm covering this other than the fact that it's it's going to be another rug yeah, pull. I thought just we did this like a month ago. Yeah, we 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 did. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's the, that's the wrong story. Oh, sorry. Where did it go? All right, well, I'm sorry. I had, I was looking at that earlier. This this is the story that I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, we're talking about the yeah. the student loan debt. All right, so they're they're rehashing uh, this student loan thing, and I want I want to play a clip. I, I caught this yesterday. I was doing some research on um on uh. Uh, why is my brain going done? Uh, I was doing research on a Michigan story I'm working on, and I got to the end of the YouTube video, the the hearing that I was watching, and it went to Joe Biden's hearing. And I was like, let me just watch this and see how bad he is. And I caught something in it, so we're going to play that in a second here. But this is a, this is a rehash. He's been doing this for six months now, seven months now. Now, yeah. I, apparently, now he's actually gone through with it. Biden transferring student debt from 153,000 borrowers notifies them via email. The Biden administration was set to blast out emails to some 153 loan borrowers who will see $1.2 billion transferred out of their collective debts under savings on a valuable education save plan. Quote, the borrowers receiving relief are the first to benefit from a save plan policy that provides debt forgiveness to borrowers who have been who have been in repayment 
after as little as 10 years and took out $12,000 or less in student loans. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're about to go bail out people who have $12,000 or less yeah. in student loans. I thought we were concerned about the people who were like $150,000 in debt and are paying, you know, uh, uh, their mortgage every single month in student loan repayments, $12,000 or less. I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. I mean, you should be able to pay that off in a, in, a, in a few years, three or four years. Well, and generations upon generations of students have paid it off. It's just this one that seems to think that they should have it forgiven. Now, I feel for them. Uh, higher education is, is way overpriced in my view. And, and there is no ethical standard for signing up 18 year olds for hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. They jump at the chance. They tried to do it to my son. Uh, you know, he applied for financial aid and they said, well, we can't give you any financial aid, but we can give you a $150,000 loan. Yep. And yep. it's, it's criminal what they're doing. And now they're, they want, you know, this is it's a step change. This is a midway point to uh, college being free, I yep. think. But um, yeah, this well, that's, is, that's, it's, it's really annoying. That's their end goal, because that is the ultimate indoctrination camp right there. Because when you're in high school, when you're in high school, you still go home and, you know, students talk to their parents and they still have the influence of the parents and the, 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 and the home that they're living in. So there's still there's still outside forces that are taking away from the state run propaganda machine that is our university complex right now the communist marxist indoctrination and uh because they've completely and totally taken them over when you when the when the kids go away you know they're adults at that point right. when they go away to college they don't have that influence the only time they talk to mom and dad is when they need money or when they need to do laundry you know come home and, and whatever and so getting back into this, it says the Biden administration previously crafted a $430 billion student debt transfer plan, which was ultimately struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in June of 2023. It says the plan was criticized for attempting to evade Congress's power to control spending and debts. Now, I want to play. This is the clip that I caught yesterday, and I'm just going to play a second of this here. Oh, I watched part of this. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I was sitting with Caleb, my my oldest, and I was, we, we were driving, and uh, this I put this on. I made it maybe, maybe 60, maybe 90 seconds. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, then you missed, you missed Joe Biden admitting to an impeachable, impeachable offense right here. Listen yeah. to this. Let's go. Well, there's a, we were existing programs in the law to fix and adjust the programs. Uh, we had them, we had to change them to make people uh, actually uh, make them available for people, make people eligible. And that's what I've done when the Supreme Court said I couldn't go ahead and relieve all the debt. <laughs> we have been told how many times by all the talking heads at MSNBC and CNN and Nikki Haley and all these other, you know, never Trump rhinos that Donald Trump is going to defy the Supreme Court and yeah. not listen to him. And Joe Biden is admitting to defying the Supreme Court, going around it, not just defying them, but defying them in a way that is explicitly impacts taxpayers like you and me, because we're now the ones footing this bill. And here's the sad thing. Here's the sad thing. I listened to this um, to this here uh, this press conference, which is painful to listen to. This guy is, yeah. I mean, he is absent. He is. There is nothing left in his tank. Nothing. But he goes on in this whole thing and he's like, these are predatory loans. 
you know, these people are making payments for five or six years and then they look at how much they owe and they actually owe more and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, Joe, you don't forgive it then. You just suspend the interest rate. I'm okay with that. If you want to cancel the, the interest rate and say, hey, you just have to pay back the principal on this. We just want to get our money back as the, as the federal government so that we're not putting this burden on the taxpayers by just blanket, uh, blanket forgiveness. We are going to, you don't even have to forgive the interest rate, restructure the loan. I believe most of these student loans, and I'm pretty sure they compound daily. The interest is compounding daily. You can't get out of that. That is a predatory loan. That is the definition of a predatory loan. This is an institution that takes people that are 18 or 19 years old and have no idea how a loan yeah. works. They just think, And they're still doing it. Yes. Yes. That, these that, are people. God. Oh, I, I just want to say these are people that like I can still remember being 18 years old and thinking if I take out a $12,000 loan for a car, that's going to cost me $300 a month over whatever time to pay back $12,000. I didn't realize that that 12,000 is going to probably be closer to 16 or 17,000 and that's only a, a, an annual compound. If 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 that interest compounds daily, that 12,000 becomes infinitely larger than that. So go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I interrupted you. The the predatory loans for children, you know, brand new adults at the age of 18 to get hundreds tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, those loans are being pushed onto children or brand new adults at 18 by the federal government through the FAFSA, Federal Student Financial Aid Program. And so the fact that the federal government is now going to say, this is predatory and we need to forgive all of this, it's your damn fault. You can forgive student, student loan debt. You're going to forgive that? You're going to have the institutions and the fi the financial institutions and the education institutions pay for it. You cannot make the American people pay for yet another problem created and um, expanded and propagated by the federal government. It is it, it, the burden that this government keeps putting on its citizens is beyond breaking point. We're a hell. We're so far past a tax on tea. Yep, we are. We are. And and, and this is like I, I can't reiterate this enough. Like Biden acknowledges the problem. He knows what the problem is, and he acknowledges. Well, he he doesn't acknowledge how to fix it. He completely into like fix the interest rate. Like you don't have to forgive the entire loan just because something is is. Like there's a problem with the loan. The problem isn't the loan itself. It's not giving them the money. It's compounding the interest, you know, at an, at an exponential rate to where they can never get their head above water and paying the loan off. You know, maybe maybe if they re redo these loans and say, hey, you're going to take out a loan for $40,000. You have 15 years to pay off the loan. There's no interest on the loan. You can pay it off at any price you want up until a certain point. But after 15 years, whatever you haven't paid off is going to be you're going to have a, a 3.2% interest rate or 6.5%, whatever it is. There, there are way better solutions. And I, I know I'm just spitballing off the top of my head. Well, But to turn so around and say we're just going to forgive it is nothing more than a, an attempt to buy votes 
from these Marxist institutions to prop up these universities that are sitting on billions of dollars in endowments and just sitting there doing nothing with them with professors that are getting paid on tenure, getting paid $500,000 a year to teach one class. Wasn't it Warren, Elizabeth Warren, who was teaching one class and making 400 and something thousand dollars a year off of that, off of, uh, was it Harvard? Well, taking the spot of a legitimate Native American. Yes, it was. Um, so it's not, so the, what I was, my shocked face there was, it's not just the loan that's the problem. It's the cost. And then you got into that, right? The The actual cost of higher education prices most students out so that they have to engage in these predatory loans, again, peddled by the federal government, right? Um, and and at the same time, their endowments are growing. Yep. Because a lot of that tuition and, and everything is going to fund and, and and expand the power and resources and influence of these higher learning education, uh higher learning institutions. Um and again it's the taxpayers' fault. That, or it's the taxpayers' problem, I should say, right? It's the so so Harvard and Yale and you know all of the others. These guys are robbing students blind with their tuition costs. Federal government helps sign them up for debt slavery and real hardcore predatory debt slavery for the next you know thirty years of their lives to pay back the hundreds of thousands of dollars it takes to go to Harvard university. And when it comes time to say this is unsustainable and the people can't deal with it, it's okay, well I guess we need to make the taxpayers foot that bill. The hell we do. Look at that endowment. Look at these numbers. Harvard 50.8 billion dollar endowment, Yale 41.3, Stanford 36. You get down to the bottom of this top 15 list, Cornell 9 billion, 9.3 billion dollars that they're sitting on. Yeah. But you guys, you guys need to pay for the gender studies uh, graduates who are underwater on their loans. And you're paying for indoctrination. Despite That's it. all you're doing. You're paying to be indoctrinated. You know, you know what I think is funny, and I was thinking this earlier in this conversation here. Trump's a freaking time traveler, man. Like he went through the whole Trump University thing. Remember the Trump University when everybody was bashing him and saying he ripped these people off and blah, blah, blah. And now we literally have Joe Biden sitting there saying that the federal government has been ripping off tax paying or excuse me, not tax paying, not, not yet, most of them, but ripping off students with these predatory loans. Who's going to prison for this? Who, who's going to go to prison for this? If, if you're trying to sue, well, they didn't Trump, you know, there's no criminal indictments with, with Trump's university, but you know, where's the, where's the, the civil liabilities here? Like somebody needs to be sued. If Trump, I, I'm, I'm speaking completely and totally tongue in cheek on this, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those, you know, when they accuse him of doing something, it's because they're doing it themselves. All right. Yeah. I, I do. I do agree with you that somebody should be held accountable for this. And I think especially because it is still going on at the time that they are attempting to forgive. Biden wants to forgive this student debt. He's been talking about it since he campaigned. He really wants to do it. I think you're right. It's an attempt to buy votes and to reshape the higher learning industry to make it, you know, uh, uh, state, you know, uh, uh, government run which 
you know, the government runs everything super well. So if we put them in charge of, uh, you know, they, they, they run K-12 education so well, let's put them in charge of higher education too. Um, but the fact that that practice that has led to this moment where they're saying we need to forgive all this debt because it's super predatory, they're still doing it. So mm -hmm. are we going to do this every four years? Are we going to do it every year? What I mean that that is that is the part that is so astounding about this, and and I think rises to the level of criminality because it's they're basically saying this thing is a scam and these students have been misled. But oh my, by the way, we're still going to scam them and mislead them to get them all to this point because we like them in this point because then we can forgive their debt and they'll vote for us. Yeah. Meanwhile, our military recruitment is at like the lowest it's been per capita in 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 you know recent history. And I, I, there was like, I can't for the life of me remember it, but I know when I was in the military, there was like this thing that paid for college when you got out of the military. I think it was called like the, the military, the GI bill. Yeah, there you go. You could go in the military. You could go to school while you're in the military without even using your GI bill. They pay for it while you're in the military, go to school for those four years. You get out, you get another chunk of change to go to college. I went to uh, Nova Southeastern University. It's $125,000 uh, to go to that. It's a private school. I, I got to go to that school. It's private, small, beautiful school, great school, covered the entire thing on the yellow ribbon uh, program under the GI Bill. Yeah. I, I didn't even, you know, anyways. All right, let's, yeah, let's move on. I mean, on. it's a bit, of a bit of a sore topic for me at the moment. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it is that, I mean, that's always, uh, that was always my, my oldest son's plan was to go to, into the military and then go to college after the military. And, and he's you know, still potentially pursuing that plan, which I don't love because the military commander in chief right now is an absolute shitbag. Yeah, but by the time he gets done and through everything, I think it'll be back on the right track, but we'll see. All right, let's jump into this uh, poll from here from Emerson College. Georgia 2024 poll, Trump 48, Biden 42. That's not the takeaway from this poll. The, the big takeaway from this poll, now keep in mind, this is just Georgia. It says Trump's lead is more substantial against hypothetical candidates like Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom. Trump leads Harris 51 to 41 with 8% undecided and leads Newsom 51 to 32. I was shocked by that number right there. You're I telling agree. me Gavin Newsom is 10 points lower than Kamala Harris and 15 points lower than Joe Biden. I guess people hey, look, if this is real, if this is real, I guess charisma doesn't go as far as I thought it did. Cause that's all Gavin Newsom has is charisma. And even then he doesn't really have charisma. He's kind of a, American psycho looking guy. He does look like the American psycho guy. <laughs> Every time somebody talks about him, the post, uh, I don't remember, but Christian Bale plays him. I don't remember that's, who. That's who I was talking about was who's the actor. He does kind of look like Christian Bale, Gavin Newsom in American psycho. Um, but uh, I'm also still not convinced that he's not a white hat. Gavin Newsom. The question I want to ask you is on this poll, you know how when they show the Trump Biden numbers, they go, they get into the with RFK distinction mm -hmm. do they do that with when they're putting him up against harris or newsom do i don't they know show I the split with rfk i didn't dive that deep into it you know screw you guys man <laughs> this is supposed <laughs> to be this is supposed to be the normie news yesterday me and ash go off on like 30 minutes getting into some deep stuff and you guys are like just talk about the news and then yeah. i talk about the news and you guys aren't happy all right it's yeah. polls 
Yes, it's old. Yeah. You can't make everybody happy. Oh, um, but I, I do I think told so. You polls, I, don't, so, I told so you guys polls. I don't believe in polls. I put it up there because this is daily news. Okay. okay. But polls, polls, while not an accurate representation of the outcome, are a very interesting data point, especially who puts out the poll. Right. Right. Um, what's the margin of error of the poll and how are they using the poll to drive narrative? That is why I always go back to, and I still love it. It's my favorite poll of all time. October of 2022, the New York times Siena poll, Siena college poll that showed 68% of Americans are most concerned, <laughs> most concerned about government corruption and the new york times was shocked by it i was surprised they actually reported it but they had to because it was one of their major polling endeavors for the year right the the right before the midterms poll that was coming out very very important poll for them loads of resources went into it they had every single aspect of that thing broken down and they absolutely shocked themselves with the results polls can be very useful just because we're showing you a poll does not mean that we're saying absolutely believe that this poll is indicative of the outcome of the upcoming election come on i know i know you can't make everybody happy i'm, I'm just i'm messing around with you guys i know that i'm not gonna everybody out there has a gripe about something i mean if if yeah yeah anyways I, I've said many, many times that I don't believe in polls. However, polls are important for narrative deployment. If Trump, you know, like the Wisconsin poll in 2020, when Trump was down 17 points and he pulled within 0.1%, that's a huge problem. But then you had polls, pollsters like Rasmussen, and I think uh, there was a couple other ones that were relatively close in, in Wisconsin. And granted, I know elections are almost as fake as the polls, um, but but it is narrative deployment when when when. When Trump is beating Joe Biden by, you know, seven, eight points in a place, and then all of a sudden Joe Biden wins by 3%, that's a huge problem. And, and that is something that is going to wake up people that that do pay attention to poll polls and do have uh, an affinity for them. Um, you know, I, I often cite the New York Post article that I read. Uh, I covered it with John way back in the day where uh, this this guy was distorting numbers in a study that that, you know, it wasn't a poll per se. But he was distorting the numbers. And then there, at the very bottom of this article, the, the guy that was co-authored the poll with him said that this happens all the time. People are paid off to put out numbers that they are, you know, favorable, that are favorable to their agenda, their narrative, whatever it may be. And so the, the re <laughs> guys, I'm just kidding. All right. Sparky says, Sparky says, screw you guys. CanCon. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He's, anyways. He's quoting you accurately. Yeah, he is. I, I said that. <laughs> I said that. Should we get to I, I'm response? sorry. Somebody's going to sit there and tell me that I believe polls are fake. Excuse me. I believe polls are real. When I've said every single time I cover a poll, I say, I don't believe the poll. This is for the narrative. If you, and then, oh, it just, it's so. Right, everybody well, start calling CanCon a normie. I know, right? Like I need a <laughs> podcast where I can actually get into like stuff <laughs> instead of just going through the daily news. All right, let's get back into it. Speaking of. Let, let's hit our, our, our next sponsor. Yeah, let's do that. I got to breathe. It's from a new one, and I'm really pumped about it. All right, let's go ahead. Oh, hey, hey, I'm all over the place. Hold on. There we go. Oh. All right. Wake up to the bold flavors of loaded gun coffee, where passion, precision, and patriotism infuse every sip. As a veteran-owned business, we ensure each cup is steeped in pride and unwavering commitment. 
Our roasters handpick the finest coffee beans from around the world and have mastered unique brewing methods. Our skilled farmers cultivate the coffee to embody the essence and duty, uh, essence of duty and honor in every meticulously crafted blend. But it's more than just coffee. It's a family's enduring commitment to freedom with military veterans tracing their legacy back to the Civil War, including Purple Heart recipients. Loaded Gun Coffee is a brewed testament of pride and honor. Dedicated to preserving the integrity and strength of our beloved nation, we proudly stand as fierce advocates for a secure border and a strong America, and we stay loaded. Stay loaded, Badlanders, with Loaded Gun Coffee. Visit badlandsmedia.tv loaded. Enter promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your purchase. That's badlandsmedia.tv loaded with promo code BADLANDS. And I have here, this is the... Uh, Black, you can pull the video down now. Uh, this is the uh, black powder. It's the darkest blend that they have. These are whole beans. And uh, I've got my my Loaded Guns Matter coffee mug. Uh, so everybody check out Loaded Gun. Um, I'm almost done. I, I got this bag and I got bourbon pecan as well. Bourbon pecan. My mother would say bourbon pecan and be very mad at me for saying pecan. Um, pecan. But Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the bourbon pecan is almost gone. It, it's in my cup right now. It's absolutely delicious. This is the, uh, black powder. It's the darkest blend. So everybody badlandsmedia.tv, badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded promo code badlands. Medbeds is just dropping bombs today. <laughs> Ash is a confirmed white hat. <laughs> I saw I somebody say my, my kids laughed so hard when I put this on. They're like, Mom, it's a flat bill. You can't pull off a flat bill. I'm like, the hell I can't. Shit. I only wear flat bills now. <laughs> I used to hate them. And now, like any hat that I wear forward has to be a flat bill. Backwards, I'll yeah. wear whatever. But um, I will say this I, I was watching DPH last night, and uh, Kyle is absolutely right. You have to have whole bean coffee. I will never go back to ground coffee, pre ground coffee again. Huge, huge difference. Elitist uh, snobs, the both of you. Uh, you know what? You still drink Bud Light, so there you go. If you if you no, drink, I don't. If you drink pre ground. If you drink pre ground <laughs> coffee, then you still drink Bud Light because that's the. Equivalent. Tell me you ain't black. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, I, yeah, I don't know. Not touching that one. <laughs> All right, lady. All right, guys, if you haven't yet hit the thumbs up and I know I'll probably get like a bunch of people that are like mad at me because they don't understand that I'm being totally joking when I make fun of the poll people that think I'm a normie because I talk about polls. Let's talk about this fentanyl. Oregon sees the highest fentanyl overdose deaths increase in the nation. Wait till you hear these numbers. A new recent a new report, a new recent poll. Just kidding. A new report shows that Oregon fentanyl overdose rate has grown 1,500% since before the pandemic, the highest rate increase in the U.S. This is Oregon, where they've made urban drug markets legal. You're allowed to do it outdoors in the open. It says every state that reported fentanyl deaths saw an increase. Let me say that again. Every state that reported fentanyl deaths saw an increase. Oregon's in increase of 1,530% topped the charts with 1,268 deaths between September 2019 and September 2023. Oklahoma, I was shocked by this. Oklahoma, with an anticipated 717 deaths last year compared to 67 uh, five years earlier, 
excuse me, ranks behind Oregon in terms of the biggest percentage increase from 2019 to 2023. Washington State came in fourth with an estimated 2,600 deaths, 2,653. And conversely, states along the East Coast saw some of the lowest increases. I wonder why that is. Why do you think states on the East Coast would see lower deaths than states on the West Coast in the middle of the state? Um, something to do with the border? Yep. That's exactly it. What what I was thinking. I mean, I don't know for sure a hundred percent that that's what it is. It is definitely. I mean, there's that. It definitely has to be a contributing factor. And this is the problem I have with um, the you know fentanyl as campaign message that we're seeing. And I have uh, gone back and forth with a lot of local candidates here in Colorado because fentanyl is the number one thing Republicans want to talk about. There's a fentanyl crisis. Oh my gosh, we have to you know, solve the, the war on drugs. We're totally going to win the war on drugs this time around. They're not willing to talk about the border. The solutions that Republicans are putting up for the fentanyl problem have to do with um, you know, going after street crime, have to do with going after doctors and patients, punishing doctors, uh, they do not want to deal with the borders at the same time that they are flooding eight, nine, when you get past the, you know, the gotaways that they don't know about 10, 15, maybe 20 million people that they've brought in here. Not all of them good, you know, refugees, uh, you know, just just people seeking a better life. A whole bunch of military age men leaving their families behind or just seeking a better life, apparently. But a lot of those people are participating in the drug trade or the human trafficking trade or, or, or they will not touch it. Republicans will not touch the fentanyl issue in the context of the border. They're desperately trying to keep them separate and we cannot let them, cannot let them keep them separate. They have to address the border. If we're, we, we will not make any measurable dent in the fentanyl problem by going after doctors and patients. And the, I talked to, um, Mike Lynch, who I don't know if he's still running for CD4. He's running to be my congressman. I was talking to him in a, one of Phenomenology's spaces was a SymbolX Colorado space. And I asked him specifically about this question. And he basically said, yeah, we won't get um, support. This is Denver, you know, Colorado legislature. We won't get to support, support to do anything about it. But we can make these penalties for dealers and users more uh, harsh, right? So the focus is on penalties for drug addicts and drug dealers and not on the border, not on the, 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 the Chinese or the component parts of fentanyl that are bring, being brought over the border in a very coordinated nation state level way. Anybody running for office and talking about fentanyl needs to be dealing with that problem. And I had that, uh, that candidate who just so happened to be that the house minority leader at the time that he told me this, he's not anymore. He got removed for DUI stuff and some other stuff, but he told me, uh, these penalties will create, you know, really strong deterrence to addicts. Tell me you've never met an addict without telling me you've never met an addict. If you think that harsher penalties for fentanyl use are going to make an addict think twice about using fentanyl. That sounds like somebody that wants to continue to propagate the federal prison system and yep. keep, you know, that thing going and going and going. Yep. Yeah, that's that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> that's the Republican I'm just, platform on fentanyl, though. I'm and just that's wondering. An RNC like, thing. We're, we're literally sitting here talking about funding a, a 
several billion dollar war over in the Middle East right now over, you know, an invasion of a border there that resulted in, in, you know, over a thousand deaths. And we've got like uh, over the last two or three years with the fentanyl crisis at the border, how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, excuse me, Americans have died. I mean, we're talking about Oregon alone with 1200 deaths. You know, I mean, that's insane. And, and like just nothing at the border. Who was it the other day? I think it was um, Dr. Phil. I think Dr. Phil, I saw a clip of Dr. Phil on Joe Rogan and Dr. Phil said, yep, you shut this down just like that. Again, another, another normie take uh, on, on, on Joe Rogan's podcast. I'll see, see the chat blow up at me for mentioning Joe Rogan. Now watch, watch if you think polls are bad. I'm just kidding guys. I love y'all. All right. <laughs> Let's jump into this. I want to talk about the migrant crisis a little bit. Now, this is an, a little bit older story, but this is going to tie into a series of stories right here. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Now, this is an opinion. Uh, inside Mayor Adams' migrant debt card boondoggle, no bid bank gets $50, $50 million. Border crossers can get up to $10,000 on a debit card. Uh, it says a misconception is a this program that they've the city has put in place is just to give $50 million. So Eric Adams was out there talking about this and said, this, this food program is only a $50 million program that we're, we're, we're piloting, we're putting it out there. Well, when you actually look at the document itself, it's kind of like an open-ended blank check, so to speak. It says, one misconception is that the program allows the city to give out just $50 million to migrants. No wonder the mayor has been reticent. The debit card program, if you read the actual contract, has the potential to become an open-ended, multi-billion dollar Bermuda Triangle of disappearing, untraceable cash used for any purpose. It will give migrants up to $10,000 each in taxpayer money with no ID check, no restrictions, and no fraud control. Now, this is a, a food program. So basically, these migrants are getting food, and I guess they were getting like spoiled food and, and all this you know bad stuff. And so they came up with this program where they just give them a debit card and let them go out and buy their own food pretty much you Wait know a second How, where they were getting spoiled food yeah like the the, the food has that was been like, validated has that yeah, been fact checked hold on hold on i had a new york times article up uh that says that there was some of it i mean not all of it hold on i think it might reference it here while you're looking for that sammy says that he thinks joe rogan is doing a great job waking up the normies like Cam absolutely Con. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like CanCon. I think he means Joe Rogan's waking him up like I am, not like he's waking me up. I don't, I, I haven't. Generous I've, way to read that comment. I've listened to one Joe Rogan podcast and, and in its entirety, and it was because a friend of mine was on it. And, well, not a friend of mine, somebody I, 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 I've met and I know was on it, a, a local down here, uh, the Python hunter down here. Um, and, and because a lot of the stuff that, that was in that podcast was where I used to hang out back in the day. And so it was really fascinating to see that. Other than that, all I ever see is clips once in a while. So yes, I do cite some of his clips because he gets 25 million views per podcast, which Fox News gets 3 million. So guys, think about that. Oh he my God, focus, times. Brian. Okay, focus. <laughs> Sammy, you got me off on a tangent, man. I, I got to turn the chat off today. You guys, you guys got me triggered today. <laughs> you guys really got under my skin. No, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. But anyways, Ash, here's what you're talking about. It says, DOCO, the city's no-bid emergency contractor to provide migrants with three meals a day, throws away up to 5,000 meals daily, wasting $7.2 million a year. Okay, so that's not them getting spoiled food. That's the, the government function or the third-party function being funded by the government. Some food is, is inedible, expired or rotten. Other food doesn't meet their dietary needs. So it's like 50-50, I so guess. So they're throwing – but they're throwing – 
Eh. That doesn't mean. Is that a link where it says throw away up to 5,000 meals a day? Is that a link or is it yeah, just that's Red to New York Times. Oh, no. It's okay. to. Uh, hold on. Let me open it. It's probably New York. Yeah, it's the New York Times article, which is behind a paywall, and I'm not paying for New York Times. Yeah. Can you send me that link? Because I want to I want to look into that. Um, because I, I seriously doubt they're throwing away inedible okay, food. All right. So let's get back into it though. It says, which vendor did the city's housing prepared pr preservation and development consider for this contract? Well, as qualified to provide the uh, service, they only had a no bid contract. Okay. So there's no other consideration. It says HPD considered only one company, Newark based mobility capital finance, which also has an office in Harlem. Mocafi, which is what they call it, was founded by Walt Coaxum, a former managing director at J.P. Morgan Chase, who said the death of Michael Brown and Ferguson inspired him to serve the underbanked and narrow the racial wealth gap, I'm sure. Sounds like a made-up story. <laughs> Sounds like a crock of shit. You know what else is in Har is Harlem? The Clinton what? Foundation. The Globetrotters. Clinton Foundation. Is it really? Mm-hmm. So that's just a cesspool of, of crap there then. Okay. Uh, what kind of experience did Mocafi have in this endeavor? Endeavor? None. As HPD helpfully notes on a, quote, listing of prior related emergency contracts, Mocafi is, quote, a new provider for emergency services for HPD. And so I bring that up for a reason. So you have New York, $53 million contract that's essentially op open-ended, giving migrants a debit card that they can go out and buy their own food with. Insane by the way, as we've got homeless veterans, homeless Americans, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, uh, just a, a vast array of homeless Americans, whether they're vets or not, on the streets in New York, give the migrants these cards. It's not just New York. Massachusetts is spending $64 a day to feed every migrant on track to spend $1 billion by 2025. Wait till you see how much they get broken down. State record, I just told you how much they get, but state records show Massachusetts is spending about $64 per migrant per day to feed those in state care, contributing to the expected $1 billion in expenses. The state is paying out $16 for breakfast, $17 for lunch, and $31 for dinner every single day. $31 for dinner. If I go to a, a restaurant and I look and I see $31 on the menu, I'm like, eh. It's probably a little well, maybe not now because of inflation, but you know, five years dollars for breakfast is excessive. Hell yeah, it is. Bacon, yeah. egg, and cheese biscuit at McDonald's is like seven bucks, <laughs> which is insane in and of itself. I remember when you were like, a Oh my fit. god, don't eat McDonald's incoming in the chat. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't say, well, actually, I do once in a while. Once in a while, I have a yeah. breakfast sandwich, but yeah, it goes on to say the state insists that it is required to provide free food due to its 1983 sanctuary city law. Did you know that the sanctuary city laws go back to 1983? I did not. See, this is, remember what we were talking about yesterday about that, social media? Massachusetts we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Remember what we were talking about yesterday with, with, with social media and how people are a lot more alert to things going on now because we see this stuff? In 1983, I never would have known. Well, I was being born in that year, but in 1983, I never would have known that Massachusetts was a sanctuary city. And I didn't know up until, you know, recently within the last decade or so that these sanctuary cities are, are real things. And to me, like that's shocking that in 1983, but anyways, it, th what's even more shocking is that the state is required 
to provide these migrants with a place that has a refrigerator and a microwave, a, a simple cooking tools. Required according to, to their state law? Yep, to the 1983 sanctuary state in law. Massachusetts are dumb, and I can't talk because I'm in Colorado. And so we're, you know, we're, we're the whole, you know, hold my beer of, of this law in Massachusetts. But that's crazy. They have to, they, they, they have to be provided with an efficiency. Right? Yeah, it's like, the, and, law, the law says well, that while there are homeless veterans, it says the law says that afforded shelter must be supplied with refrigerators and the capability to prepare food. But migrants are being given already made food, not the capability to prepare their own. And then here's the, the crazy part that correlates with with New York as well. It says Fox Business Network added that the state awarded a $10 million six month no bid contract to food service provider Spinelli Ravioli to supply the meals. The state's executive office of housing and livable communities justified the contract because of Healy's quote state of emergency proclamation. So not only are you giving these migrants, you know, free food, uh, free housing and everything else, you're doing it on a no bid contract and the no bid contract entitles them to 31 million, uh, excuse me, 31 million, $31 a day for dinner. And it's ravioli? What kind of ravioli are you eating for $31? The kind that's also used for money laundering. Um, you know what's fun is that uh, Martha's Vineyard is part of Massachusetts. It is. Martha's Vineyard where they had... You can't be a migrant. Can't, can't, can't bring me. They were super proud of how they responded in Martha's Vineyard to when red state governors brought migrants up there. They were super proud by giving them some food and then tossing them out of the state within 48 hours or out of the city off the island i should say because apparently they're you know in boston or whatever city that was uh and and just deep blue realm it's it's lobster a h l o b s t a h i have a lot of family and put it in the car that's packed all my family's from up there uh so my mom's family is so is mine. My mom's family, I was going to say, is all up there. All right, let's jump into this story. Here's another one. This is from the Labor and Economic Opportunity of Michigan. Volunteers needed to support refugee resettlement efforts in Michigan. The Office of Global Michigan encourages everyday Michiganders to take advantage of the new option to support a refugee family of their choosing. This is being funded by the CHNV program, Uniting for Ukraine, and the Welcome Corps. The CHNV, CHNV stands for Cuba, Haiti, uh, uh, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. So those are the migrants where they come from. It says sponsors are expected to provide support to newly arrived refugees for 90 days through acts such as greeting refugee newcomers at the airport, securing and preparing initial housing, which is your house, enrolling children in school, and helping adults find employment. Uh, hold on. Here we go. There's another story here. Did it? No, it didn't. It says they're providing you three to five hundred dollars a month uh, for housing these immigrants based on the status, and they'll give it to you for up to twelve months. Jump down here. It says more than twenty four hundred immigrant or per family. It, it it's three hundred to five hundred a month based on immigration status and household size. I so it doesn't say if it's per immigrant. I think it's just <laughs> per. But they're paying them sixteen dollars for breakfast and thirty one dollars for ravioli. 
Well, that's but if you're get, but if you're going to give them rent, they're going to pay you three hundred bucks. Yep, and and you have to feed oh them God, too. They this, hate us so much. Yep, it says more than twenty four hundred refugees have arrived in Michigan from October twenty twenty two through September September twenty twenty three from countries including Afghanistan, Syria, and Burma, because nice. that's where I want to take in refugees from is from Afghanistan, Syria, and Burma. Please, oh, I, I would love that. They were going to walk around my my house and see like Marine Corps photos and all this other stuff, and they're going to be like, ah, the infidel, I've made it. And I'm going to slit my throat in my sleep. Oh man, well, I would. I, and when when does that start happening? Right, this is that, I mean, that's an that's been going on. Well, well, the the fostering somebody in the chat said it, and I think it's the best word to use. Right, fostering the migrants is what we're talking about here fostering migrant families that is from from burma burma so Afghanistan, first of all Syria. There's, you know uh, i think any reasonable person would be within their non-bigoted thought processes to wonder about the safety of such an arrangement and also they're not forcing them yet, right? This is a voluntary process because as soon yes, as they start forcing them, they're violating the Third Amendment because these are troops. Make no well, mistake. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, you, you still have your sovereignty in your home. Oh, wait, no, you don't. No, you don't. We'll get into that story in a second here. Uh, just continuing on with this one, the Welcome Corps does say this, and this is really confusing, Ash. Tell me if you can make sense of this. It says the Welcome Corps is not available for refugees in certain countries. <gasps> Refugee right? Racist. Refugees living in the following countries are not eligible to be referred to the U.S. Refugee Administration Program. You drop down the menu and it says individuals who are nationals of these countries might be eligible if they are located in a country not on this list and meet the refugee definition and eligibility, eligibility criteria. And then you scroll through this list and you got like Afghanistan, Australia. A lot of white countries. We're not allowed to take our, uh, refugees from Australia. Like that's They're probably one of the, that's one of the countries I would like. To, well, Afghanistan's the leading one. Burma's yeah. on there. Croatia, but Australia, uh, Austria, Belarus, Belgium, Canada, Croatia. You're going too fast, but there are a lot of de, uh, majority white countries. Oh yeah, this, like a lot. I I, like I think all it has the to do, majority white countries. I think it has to do list. with their their refugee status like they're not in oh my god you're so naive if you think it has to do with their refugee status <laughs> well i mean you've got ukraine is on there which one of the organizations is called ukraine united that they're taking in ukraine and that's the list they can't come from right but it's easy to get around it you just can't be in that country so if you're in ukraine you just walk to another country and go from there like that's what they're doing. Like these these people that are coming from but China. Why is Ukraine on the list? It's certainly oh. not because of their refugee status. So they're different organizations, though. Like Welcome Corps is different from the CHNV and different from the Ukraine United, whatever. That's just one particular organization. The bottom line the Welcome is Welcome Corps doesn't take white countries. Sounds like it. Okay. Sounds like it. But the, the the bottom line is like this was a conspiracy theory like a year and a half ago. People were like, oh, they're going to start, you know, open up your doors and let yeah. them in. Oh, that that'll never happen. That And here we are. We're right there right now. We're at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is like so remember what we were talking about before with the COVID vaccines starts with donuts and weed. 
eventually you're fired and put in jail. So you can get $300 to $500 now to foster a refugee family, a migrant family, or in six months you can be thrown out of your house and they're going to give it to the migrant family. That's how this works. Jeez. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Fox News, Texas AG Paxton sues NGO aiding migrants, accuses it of encouraging illegal migration. Uh, this is a Ken Paxton is suing a Catholic NGO, which if you remember the uh, the um, uh, James O'Keefe drops from about a, uh, three weeks ago. Yep, that was Casa Alitos, I believe it was in excuse oh, me, right, in Tucson, right. yeah. Arizona, which was a Catholic. Uh, it's the Catholic Southern something or other services. And, and so you're seeing a lot of these uh, religious NGOs and mainly it seems like Catholics. Uh, now I'm, I'm not back saying, to Operation Gladio. Exactly. Ex you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, and now you've got one in Texas here. It's the Annunciation House describes itself as a volunteer organization that, quote, offers hospitality to migrants, immigrants and refugees in El Paso, Texas. It says volunteers of the Annunciation House live simply and rooted in the community. Uh, and they're mostly from Mexico and Central America. That's their that's their quote for compassion of guests on their website or whatever. But uh, so Ken Paxton's lawsuit accuses it of providing shelter to illegal immigrants who have evaded law enforcement, encouraging illegal immigration and engaging in human smuggling and of operating a quote unquote stash house. Mm. And so like, I, like, look, I love Ken Paxton. I think he's one of the, the, the good individuals that we still have out there fighting for this. Why is this a lawsuit and not criminal charges? You just named three crimes. Uh, evading law enforcement, encouraging illegal immigration, and human smuggling. Those are three crimes. So why is this a civil lawsuit? Why don't you just go in there and arrest them? You know, I, I wrote the article for Gateway uh, last week, I believe, where they, they, they stopped U.S. Congress from going in and providing oversight on the institution, uh, the, the NGO in Tucson. Okay, this is a federal Congress, congressman. I, I think it was... Um, uh, Tiffany, Congressman Tiffany and uh, LaMalfa. LaMalfa, yeah. yeah. That was in they Arizona. They tried to go in there and they weren't allowed in. They, they, they flat out told them, call 911. And they, they brought the sheriff out there to, to remove them from the property. Yeah, we're from Congress. Call 911. They're trespassing. I, can we do that? <laughs> we could. No, we can't do that. And we should <laughs> like, be the ones. If Jenna Griswold shows up, can I be like, call the police? She's trespassing. I know she's not in Congress. Well, we, I mean, if a congressman shows up at our house, we should be able to do that, but we probably can't. Whereas if they show up there, they should be allowed into there, but they can call the police and have them removed. Apparently it goes on to say, quote, Annunciation House appears to be engaged in the operation of an illegal stash house by potentially allowing others to use its real estate to engage in human struggling, just using a bunch of legalese there to cover his own ass against, you know, defamation lawsuits in the future when they yeah. prove this. Paxton's office has requested records from the organization to evaluate potential violations of federal law. However, the organization in turn sued the attorney general, seeking a restraining order and accusing it of making an impossible demand due to its limited volunteer staff and of violating its, quote, constitutional rights of association. So they're going on a First Amendment thing here that I guess religion, you're allowed to, uh, because of the religion, religious clause in, in, uh, in the First Amendment, they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want. It, I this don't is, think that um, you're allowed to engage in invasion and insurrection as a part of your religious uh, beliefs, because I know that 
people got in trouble just for praying inside of the Capitol, even though they engaged in no violence and they were waved in by police officers. So not trespassing those guys, religion didn't cover them. So Catholic charities should not have the cover of being able to subvert the United States of America and, and assist and enable, give aid and comfort to, if you will, our enemies as they are breaking into our country. I'm with you. hundred percent, hundred percent. We're going to talk about this story. Actually, let's, let's go ahead and hit our last sponsor before we uh, jump out of here. And okay. uh, this is, this is one of, one of your favorite sponsors and it one is. of my favorite sponsors. All right, go ahead. All right. Well, Angel Paste is the best lotion that the world has ever known. It's made only of food-grade plant oils. The testimonials are incredible. We're hearing that age spots are fading, eczema and psoriasis are being made better, sunburns are being prevented, and if not prevented, being healed. So much more. This is because Angel Paste contains everything that your skin wants and none of the corporate poison that you find in almost everything else. The Valentine's Day gift boxes may be sold out, but don't worry. You can now buy Angel Paste Rose Infused Miracle Cream individually, exclusively by using the link badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste. Make sure you use promo code BADLANDS to pry a dollar from Patrick's hands. Rose is projected to sell out faster than vanilla, so get your Rose Angel Paste now at badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste and use promo code BADLANDS. If you get three bottles or more, you get free shipping angel paste your skin will drink it up one more time that's badlandsmedia.tv slash angel paste promo code badlands and i mentioned on the brief this morning that uh i know what the new flavor is i'm not allowed to say i'm sworn to secrecy but flavor no you, you eat it I call them flavors I mean, it's food grade so food grade plant oils food. yeah you could eat it i use it in my beard i use it on my bald head i love angel paste and yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, flavor is just the right word for it to me. Um, But but flavor doesn't always necessarily. So like when I use the term flavor to refer to Gatorade, I'm generally talking about color, right? (laughs) The blue flavor, the red flavor, the green, orange flavor. So it's a it's I think the best word is the flavors of angel paste. I used to I used to rag on people you know, men, men mainly that were like, oh yeah, I use moisturizer. And I'm like, I, you know, I didn't understand it yeah. living in a state like Colorado or someplace that's arid and dry. Uh, now I get it, you know, living down here in Florida, it's, you don't have much need for it, but now that shaving my head, you get dry spots and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I get it. All right, let's jump into this story here. Catholic parents appeal to Supreme court after son was removed from Indiana home over refusal to affirm gender identity. I, I, I'm just mostly shocked that they actually have to go an appeal to the Supreme Court. Appeal, meaning it's already gone through all the state, local courts, the appellate court, and everything else. Uh, the parents said, we are hopeful that justice that the justices will take our case and protect other parents from having to endure the nightmare that we did. The child was kept in the foster care system until he aged out. This kid's been in the foster care, I think, since 2021. Legislation of the type that was used against these parents is on the books in many states with proposals in many others. In 2019, the Coxes, that's their name, James, uh, was it, what's what's their, I want to, well, what, their that name is ironic. The Coxes told them that he identified as trans. The Coxes sought mental health help for both the false belief that he was female and an underlying eating disorder, the child began seeing a therapist. That mental health system, the Coxes say, was heavily biased in favor of gender transition. Shocker. 
Shocker. So you send your kids off to these, you know, shrinks because they, they feel like they're a girl and they reaffirm that. Yes. If you feel like you're a girl, you are in fact a girl. It's crazy. So they took the child from the parents and put them in the hands of a predator. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I I don't know. The predator, the, 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 the family they place this child with is affirming their, their gender identity and further grooming the child into the lie. So yes. They took the child out of the parents' home and they put them in the hands of a predator. I agree with taking them out. The the psychiatrist or the psychologist, the shrink, was just the shrink. That's not the foster parent. Now, for most likely, there probably is something going on with the foster parent. So no, in this in this story, they have moved the child to I don't know if it's the post-millennial one, but I read this story yesterday, and they have moved the child into a foster home that will affirm their gender identity. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't, I just, I thought you were implying that the, the, the shrink was a, no, that he the, was living the with sh- shrink. well, I mean, the shrink is a groomer. Let's not, uh, mince words on that, but the shrink's recommendation, uh, is to remove the child and put them in the hands of a predator. Yeah. I just, I just want to make sure we've got to be clear here. You know, don't want to, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, to think that to think to think that the courts can come in and 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 tell you, okay, you have to go to psychology a psychologist. Okay, you go to the psychologist, and the psychologist confirms everything that you want to hear, and the parents have no idea what's uh, what's being said in there. This is such a broken system, man. If the Supreme Court, and, and it's unfortunate because these parents already lost their kid. Their kid's gone. Like this has been going on for years now, since twenty twenty one, and the kid. Like they're, they're, they lost that three years with their kids. So what they're doing now, you know, you look at Roe v. Wade and the Roe v. Wade case. Now, granted, I don't agree with Roe v. Wade, but that was in retrospect. Like that didn't save that woman or not save it. It saved the baby uh, essentially. But that was, you know, that t- Roe v. Wade decision was long after the woman that sued had, you know, went through her whole process. This is the same situation right here. I mean, these parents lost their kid now. But hopefully the the Supreme Court makes the decision in the right way so that other parents continue on with the same, you know, don't have the same uh, uh, obstacles to go through. So when you talk to uh, trans identifying adults, um, whether it's male or female, the majority, this is anecdotal for me, but I think it's backed up by the studies. I wasn't prepared for the, to talk about the story, so I didn't have the study pulled up, but I'm pretty sure it's backed up by the science that the majority of trans identifying adults were sexually abused, sexually assaulted as children. There's a hundred percent of the trans people that I've worked with that I knew well enough to have that conversation with, um, were sexually assaulted, sexually abused as children. So there is a, a underlying root cause that should at least be explored. So if a child is identifying as trans saying, I think I'm a boy, I think I'm a girl, I don't, I don't like these parts, right? I don't want, that is indicative based on the, the data for trans identifying adults. That's indicative that there is some sort of abuse going on. Now, maybe the abuse is in that home with those Catholic parents and it was a good thing to m- remove that kid. Maybe the abuse is happening at school or in sports or something else, but you won't know if you're just focusing on the symptom of the child thinking that they are identifying as a boy or a girl and they're the opposite sex, you have to explore what is happening to the child to make the child deviate 
from the, the societal norms. And they'll tell you, no, you don't. This is totally normal. This happens all the time. Kids are always, you know, thinking that they're boys and thinking that they're girls. First of all, that's not true. It not is, a- it is true that it has happened throughout history that there have been trans people. That's true. Uh, that, that can be pointed out through, um, going even into ancient Rome, right? That, but it's not true that trans identifying adults in 2024 are largely well-adjusted, not mentally ill people who have suffered lifelong from early childhood abuse. That's not true. And so saying these kids are now identifying as trans, we know that identifying as trans is often, if not always, linked to early childhood abuse. When the chi- the children start identifying as trans, should we maybe look for an abuser? No, no. Let's take them out of the hands of their parents and stick them in a place that's going to affirm the identity issue and 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 give the children affirmation for a problem that is generally, not maybe not always, but generally caused by abuse. That it sanctioning grooming and that always escalates. Well, the other the other uh, prominent contributor to that is typically uh, autism. You know, they're usually on the spectrum, which, you know, we talked about vaccines earlier and the the exponential increase in autistic autism, you know, people on the spectrum that are born now because I believe it's because of the aluminum and, you know, the the, the, uh, heavy metals that are in these vaccines that, you know, impair the brain. you know, one part, the sexual abuse is absolutely a part. The indoctrination in school is another part. You know, when, when a kid comes to you and wants to play with a doll instead of a, a GI Joe, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, do you feel like a girl? Do you think you're a girl? And the kid has no clue, you know, what the hell it is. You know, I, I say this all the time. These are kids that would have eaten ice cream for dinner for every single meal. They still believe, well, I'm not going to go where what they believe in, in terms of mystical figures that fly around uh, visit every single home in one night a year because I don't want to ruin oh it for God, any kids. Brian doesn't believe in Santa, you guys. I, I totally believe in Santa. <laughs> 100%. Santa oh my is- God, Brian believes in Santa, you guys. I'm such a normie. <laughs> such a normie. All right. Um, I th- oh, you know what? I got one last story I want to cover. And okay. then, uh, what's up? I said, okay. All right. Let's jump into this story from uh, James O'Keefe. And the only reason I want to cover this story is because first off, it's AI. And second off, it happened to me just the other day. Uh, James O'Keefe breaking IRS agent Alex Mena, who works for criminal investigation, says IRS News has no problem going after the small people, putting people in prison and destroying people's lives. Mena doubts the constitutionality of his employer, the IRS, using AI to access everybody's bank accounts nationwide. Mena recalls IRS agents stating, quote, the first person you shoot, you're going to remember. But after that, you're going to shoot like 100 people and you're not going to remember any of them. I'll tell you right now, you remember every single one. Yeah. He says IRS agents are assholes. They are de- the definition of an asshole, all of them. And uh, I- I'll just play the first like 10 seconds of this because that's where he talks about the AI. So AI has access to like everybody's bank account? They, they see the amount in their bank account, yes. I can't. Is it constitutional to do that? I doubt it. <laughs> they are assholes. Really? All right. So we'll just we'll, we'll leave that there. If you guys want to check it out, it's on James O'Keefe, uh, his website. Two takeaways from this. One, 
this is probably the first one. And John always jokes about this. Remember the guy that came out and he's like, working for James O'Keefe, man, you got to have a lot of gay sex. You got to be really, really <laughs> gay. Because it, it always seems like it's it's like a gay guy. It seems like it's two gay guys. Well, this was actually a male and a female. So uh, this dude got honey potted pretty hard on this story. But I want to highlight this right here. So Poor I put guy. This I thought up, he was going to get laid. I put this up on Twitter the other day because I went to try and buy Trump sneakers. When I saw that, you know, he was putting out those, I want to do it strictly as an investment. You know, it's going to. Did you see you know, the meme with Hunter in where he's it, the picture of Hunter where he's, you know, like, like the the model oh, strike opposed model in the in the tidy whiteies and the scarf and he's got the shoes on. Yeah, that's my favorite well, one. So I went to buy. I bought the the white pair and the and the red pair, the two you know pre orders, and then I bought the two cologne, the cologne and the perfume. Again, strictly as an investment, I have used my my business card around the country. I mean, I've been to all over the country and I'll I'll use it for all sorts of weird things, uh, you know, like gas purchases and then renting, you know, a car and then uh, going to a, a, a restaurant like all over the place. Never once have I had a problem with my Wells Fargo card. I bought the Trump sneakers and immediately was declined. Ran it again, declined. Ran it again, declined. Finally, I get the text message, is this fraud? We covered the story like, a, like a, 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 a recently where these institutions, these financial institutions are um, flagging MAGA, Trump, certain purchases at like outdoor you know, venues and stuff like that. And um, I, I think this is what happened here. I, I think this is what happened. Yeah, I, I, I buy mean, stuff online all the time. I've never had an issue. I buy stuff online. I buy stuff in person. I'm you know? not doubting you. I, I think that's exactly what happened. That's that certainly seems, and it aligns with this story that they're tracking. You know, fi from a financial system standpoint, they are tracking your uh, your our purchases and uh, messing with your lives. If they if they, if they if you do something financially that they don't like, it's the same way they're doing it with speech. Just the IRS version of of visibility filtering. What's up, Clay? <laughs> I saw that. I was looking at that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I bought it as an investment. I realized, folks, I got to get rid of Wells Fargo. It, you, you guys, this is the hard part, man. Like, I've had Wells Fargo for a long time now because you know I just repurposed my old business. Like, I you know basically repurposed my old company, and so like all of my bills and expenses and everything else are run through this card. And that's like the worst thing in the world to have to go through and, and do all that stuff again. But I, I got to do it. I understand that. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, it is an investment. I bought the Trump NFTs. I bought like two of the NFTs. I got them. I think that, what were they like $50 each, I think, or a hundred dollars each. I thought, yeah, I, yeah. I thought you said a hundred dollars. And, and the last time I checked the, one of the ones I have is over $1,200. And the wow. other one is like six or seven hundred dollars. I think John nice. said he has one that's like three grand. Nice. So I mean, these NFTs are are, are good things. I mean, I, I'm going to invest in it. Look, worst case scenario, what what happens? I gave him a a, a donation to his campaign to try and you know defeat this communist takeover, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Yeah, I um when we were at the well, you weren't there, but the last guard, the California. Gart, just before that, you know, it was Christmas time and my, um, my debit card was hit with the fraud thing. 
you know, like around Christmas time, mm. you're buying stuff out, out of pattern for how you normally buy things. And so, um, you know, did the, did the fraud report thing, they cancel the card, issue a new card. That one comes, I set it up, activate the card within, I don't know, four days, like less than a week for sure. It, that one got hit with the fraud thing. Same thing of what you're showing, right? Like this purchase is this, this purchases. Um, and then they are supposed to send another one. I still don't have a bank card. I use my, I use, I have my husband's bank card set up to my Apple pay. I think oh. it's something to do with me. <laughs> I they don't just, like you. You're I, an just, I just assume that I'm not allowed to bank anymore. <laughs> You're an insurrectionist. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, this, this thing here from Tucker. He was on with Glenn Beck and I guess he was trying to interview Boris Johnson because Boris, yeah. well, so Boris Johnson spoke out like, why is Tucker interviewing Vladimir Putin? Like he's spreading Russian propaganda, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Well, Tucker reached out to Boris Johnson and said, hey, I'll, I'll interview you as well. And Boris said, sure, a million dollars. What? Yeah. He wants a million dollars to sit down and talk with Tucker Carlson. I, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe Vladimir Putin charged Tucker a million dollars. I don't, I doubt I don't know. It. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm totally doubt it. The level of reach that you get by talking to Tucker Carlson, because that um, the the what was the last one that he did? Just like yesterday or the day like before. Pens. Oh, no. Uh, after that one. Julian that. Assange. Stella Assange. Oh, yeah. His uh, wife. Yeah. That one. That had 300,000 views in 24 minutes. <laughs> it, it's, it, the, the idea that Boris Johnson can command a fee to talk to anybody, let alone to talk to Tucker Carlson. What an honor and privilege to be able to speak to that, an audience of that size, that diverse, that be able to, to bring your case directly to Tucker Carlson's audience audience is an absolute privilege and an honor. What a scumbag and a delusional one at that. Cause again, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't pay him five bucks to come on Badlands. Yep. Well, coming on you, Badlands is an honor and a privilege as well. Thank you very much. You, yeah, but you know why he won't do those? Because he 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 would not be able to to stand up to the the scrutiny that would be Tucker Carlson. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, Tucker was not. I, I'm not going to say Tucker he was. Hey, make him do it and then slam him. Well, he would ask the tough questions. That's the mm -hmm. problem. Is he would ask the tough questions, and these people don't want to ask the tough questions. They want to go back into their own echo chamber, the Mockingbird yeah. Media, and get you know, thrown the softballs like, Hey Joe, what, what flavor ice cream is that Joe? You know, that that's what they want to, that's, those are the types of questions that they want to field. And so you throw out the million dollars. I'm surprised to be honest with you. I'm surprised it wasn't more than that, more than that. Tucker could write a million dollar check to get Boris Johnson out there and he, he'd make it back. He, he could pick up a sponsor on that. Yeah, he could make, he could pick yeah. up a sponsor on that, on that show right there with an interview with Boris Johnson, Tucker and Boris, he could pick up a sponsor that th three or four sponsors pay for that whole million dollar uh you know whatever you want to call it all right well all that right. is uh we have rumble rants I think. yes we do have rumble rants oh you guys gave me rumble rants even though i told one y'all i feel play, so bad play that. says someone tell ash to tell us what she really thinks um i'm if you pay me a million dollars i'm gonna be on our show tomorrow night it's gonna be a yeah, really fun show everybody should tune in
All right, let's pull this up right here. Counterinsurgent says Oregon here, Portland ambulances go services go black frequently, meaning there are no ambulances available for calls. Medics deliver thousands of doses of Narcan, save the OD, and the person walks away. Hmm. Incredible. Ash, uh, Patty H says, uh, Ash, any thoughts on the late lasted latest? I think that meant to say latest legislation yeah. push for gun bans in Colorado. Yeah, there's lots of them. Uh, so if you go to Rocky Mountain Gun Owners, they do a great job. It's, I think, RockyMountainGunOwners.com or just Google them. Um, they do a great job of tracking the legislation and anticipating legislation. So when they hear that they're going to try the assault weapons ban again, they put it on their list of things that they're watching and they update that every single day. So that's a great place to track. We talk about um, guns pretty much every week on the Colorado show which is uh, on CD media, but you can also watch it on over on my, my America channel. But yeah, they're, they're, they're desperate to disarm the people of Colorado. And what most of us, I think expect is going to happen that they are going to do the assault, assault weapons ban thing at the very last minute in, you know, April, May end of session, cram it through and then they'll leave until the following session it's usually how they get through their very controversial things we think that's going to happen this time around last session they tried the assault weapons ban and the entirety of you know the colorado gun interests so farmers ranchers uh fire uh firearm shop people right gun manufacturers gun sales gun marketing um the you know gun owners associations and just regular citizens who want to retain access to their second amendment um went to uh to to showed up for that and the bill died in committee so we'll see what happens but they are slowly chipping away chiseling away at our second amendment protections with all of the little things they do on red flags or needing to serialize every component part of the firearm or bump stock, uh, you know, and, and the, the shoulder braces, all of that stuff. It's just chiseling away at your rights. Move That's my take. Move. Get out of I, there. I know. I, I need to, but God, I got to, I got because I've been praying about leaving this state since 2020 and God won't let me yet. Mm. Come to Florida. We could do a, uh, we could, we could, we could do like an in-person yeah. podcast down here. I'm actually, well, hold on. Let me, Read this next comment because it'll it'll kind of push that a little bit. Villas 34 says they call you normie because you present info on both sides without bias. Plus, you're optimistic there there is good in the world and you give people benefit of the doubt. You're an altruistic journalist, not a normie. Well, first off, thank you for that. Uh, second off, they don't they think I'm a normie because I do 10 to 12 stories every single morning, every single morning. Mm -hmm. I can't dig for like hours on every single one. I would have no life. So you do get a generalized just means uh, you're not committed. I'm not, I guess not. You know, I have a <laughs> wife, I have a life. Um, Some pops. I, and, I, and, I, and I still, that's in addition to what I have to write still not mm -hmm. have to write but what I do write. Uh, obviously my, my forte is elections. That's my specialty. Uh, I've written about all sorts of things. I've, you know, it's, it's insane to call me a normie. Uh, and I do apologize. You know, it's it probably a little harsh. You know what I said earlier? It's probably a little harsh, but what? what was screw you guys? And I was oh, talking no. to that one person, but I told the audience to suck it the other day. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> I do that. You're probably fine. Well, I feel bad. I'm, 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 it's probably a little like remorseful because the other day I told Rise Harris, like, I, I 
blew up in general, but not specifically mm-hmm. at him. But he said, well, what are you going to do about it? And it's like, what am I, you know? And I felt bad about that because I get asked that question all the time. Like, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And it's like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm here yeah. for hours a day behind a computer screen. Multiple Remember that gunny? That gunny you interviewed? Oh. <laughs> what have you done? What have you done? I know, Cleta Mitchell. What have you done? <laughs> maybe, <sighs> maybe, you know, research the person who's interviewing you before you go on the air. I did get an apology for that after the fact. But anyways, that that's my whole point. But I am going to be starting up. Um, I've got somebody working now to try and get me um, some sponsors to restart the podcast. And I want to do more of an interview type format. So um, hopefully I'll be getting that going here pretty soon. So if you want to come to Florida, I'm going to probably be building a studio uh, here pretty soon. I'm thinking about yeah. it. Debating yeah, it. Yeah. We'll, see. we'll see. I think okay, you skipped liber- Kitty. What's that? You skipped Kitties. No, I didn't. Yeah. Why is it our responsibility to make oh. sure they get what they eat in the first place? Excellent question. Kids go. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> give me your sick. Give me your hungry. Give me your poor. Give me your, what is it? Give me your, t- you're tired. You're hungry and you're poor. And I guess we'll make them $31 meals, $31 mm-hmm. dinners, $64 a day. Do you know what kind of food I'd be eating on $64 a day? I'd go down to Fresh Market and eat. I could get a full, I could get a beautiful, yeah. Chateaubriand filet for 20 bucks. I can feed my entire family breakfast, lunch, and dinner for $64 in one day. Not just one migrant, my whole family, which includes three teenage boys. It's insane. Uh, Liberty Lion says we are using their language, calling them migrants. They are illegal invaders. Yeah, I I mean, I, I. it, it, it again this is another thing that's kind of difficult like as i'm reading the news like i i try and read exactly what it says if i'm reading it from an article mm-hmm. you know with joe biden usually i won't say president or i'll just call him joe or whatever it may be i i, I do need to start doing that with migrants it's difficult um it's difficult to you know be reading and and have to change migrant to illegal alien that's what i like to call them illegal aliens mm-hmm. anyways uh, Stone Roller says, pretty hot show today. Thanks, gang. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And everybody, the number one best thing that you can do for us is to smash that thumb. Uh, we, it, it, it's, it is, that is, that is what gets us on the leaderboard. It's what helps our shows grow. It gets more eyeballs on. And, um, you know, my only regret is that I have but one thumb to hit. <laughs> you have two thumbs. You have two thumbs. Uh, not in Rumble. Now, uh, you only get to hit one. You can hit it up or you can hit it down, but you can only hit it once. Oh, well. All right, guys, hit that thumbs up. Uh, Love you all. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in. As always, I will see you in a few hours, uh, several hours on uh, Sit Rep tonight. Sit pull. Sit pull. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said shithole. I was like, well, thanks for the the compliments on your show. About your show. No, I like, sit, damn. sit rep sit rep followed by rug pull is uh sit pull. Sit pull. <laughs> G Money always gets mad because I go like two minutes over every single time because mm, we always I think G Money I think G Money only gets mad when you go like 15, 20 minutes over. 
well we went no we had one show where we went like an hour over and it was like a complete it was when the uh it was like in october when the when the uh hamas thing uh is invasion in israel the, the yeah whatever that was when that happened and we went like 45 minutes over and he was he was a little bit upset with me but yeah. i i get it i totally get it i didn't realize we went that it was a good good conversation so yeah, yeah and then big mama t says why we vote tomorrow we're gonna have clay perique colonel sean smith i i gotta give i i should should i call clay by his rank i i, um, I don't know the implications of whether you do or you don't gunny perique Colonel Smith and uh, Amber Connor from Georgia. We're going to get a lot of updates yeah. tomorrow. It's going to be a good show tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shit rep. There we go. <laughs> oh, that's a, a live congressional <laughs> feed. That works. <laughs> For the live congressional feed, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really fun show. I will be back tomorrow morning with the brief. You'll be back on this show with uh, Chris Paul Friday, right? Yes. Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's oh, tomorrow's Friday. Friday. Yeah tomorrow's friday do my friday dance all right we'll see you guys later <laughs> bye guys i can't find the button because i was looking at the chat okay there it is bye thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video and a special thank you to all of our advertising partners please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support badlands media